0: 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 9, and I'm reading from the message. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation.
1: Well good morning everyone and uh, welcome to this sort of second in our little series of um, A Strange New World and uh, certainly uh, as things unfold and even with the news this week uh, we're very aware that there is a strangeness and uncertainty to, to everything a little bit again at the moment. And this letter that we had read from uh, Peter um, is full of reassurance for us in times of trial. I don't know what you're looking forward to at the moment. It's quite hard, isn't it, actually, to look forward to anything. You know, we have dates in the diary and they've changed, or a holiday and it's cancelled, or we thought we would be at university by now and now it's going online, or we went back to school for a few days and then someone in our class got ill. So, in a sense, the horizon is ever-shifting at the moment, that's for sure. I remember uh, walking, um, doing a walk in Scotland where we were walking across Rannock Moor and it was hard and it was quite a lot of walking but we could just this lovely bed and breakfast far off where we were going to stay, but it just seemed to keep moving. It was almost like they kept moving it further and further away. And it's perspective, isn't it? And I think in these words from Peter, we get a bit of perspective that actually where things are changing, where our savings have gone, our business has gone, our health has gone, a loved one may have gone. Peter talks about the imperishable treasure that we have, the heavenly treasure that we have if we're believers in Jesus today. And he reassures us that these trials that we're in, they can't rob us of that everlasting living hope that we have. So I wanted to just reassure us with three truths uh, from this passage. Peter says firstly... He says, we are held in the trial, shielded in the trial, not shielded from it, but in it. So we'll look briefly at that. Secondly, he says, we are changed by the trial to reflect him more. And thirdly, Peter says, we are hopeful in trial. Because of that horizon that is imperishable, that is the thing at the moment that that will not change. So firstly then, this fact that Peter says that we have a living hope that is certain, we have things that are imperishable. Well, one interesting thing is that he uses a word when he says we are protected in our trials, he uses a military term, and I won't attempt the Greek pronunciation of it, but he uses a military term that was used as a garrison, as a protector. And he says that, yes, we will have trials of many kinds, but we will be shielded by his power. And also, really interestingly, he says the word that he uses um, in multiple trials actually meant multicolored, the Greek, and the Greek word poliokos. He says, actually, you will have multiple trials, multicoloured trials. And the only other time that Peter uses that same Greek word is later in the, in the letter in chapter four, when he says there are multicoloured graces for us. So I thought it was interesting because whatever colour our trial is, whether it's a health trial, a financial trial, an anxiety trial, a mental health trial, he has a grace that matches it. He has a healing, a power, a grace for you today that's the right colour for you, if that makes sense. And I know in my life that that's been true, that there are different experiences that are nevertheless real of what God really can do in these trials. So we're held in the trial, and we as Christians are not shielded from trials, and I want to make that clear. Trials were part of the deal. Peter's writing to people who are in the thick of persecution, who are constantly under pressure, who are scattered, as we heard last week, exiles, and they don't know. Their future is shifting all the time, just as ours is but they are excited because they've caught something, this inexpressible joy that Peter talks about, they've caught that. So we're held in the trial, shielded, given power to persist and endure in the time of trial, whatever color, if you like, it is. The second thing is we are changed in it. We are changed in the trial because Peter goes on to say that in these times of trial we will be refined like precious gold or silver and the ancient goldsmiths and silversmiths, the way that they saw whether the precious metal was finally refined enough, finally ready if you like, was when they could see their reflection in the metal. And. You may have heard that many times, maybe the first time you've heard it, I don't know, but I think it bears repetition because it is about Christ in us. As we heard last week from Tim, how do we reflect, how do we live in a strange land, how do we live as exiles in a foreign land, how do we look at those three A's that that Tim reminded us about last week where we are actually reaching out to that one person daily, weekly, monthly so that we reflect the goodness of god in our good deeds and in our trial we do have a choice however tough it might feel today to say i will still trust in the goodness of god i will still trust that actually in the hardest of times I will start to reflect Jesus more and more because the impurities that are in us are often towards self and looking after number one. We can't really live like that in these times. We're in it together. We are all trying to reach out to one another at the moment in shifting sand. So we have this chance to be changed in our trial. In the book of Job, we realise that actually Job was already pretty good, pretty faithful. But as he comes through his multiple trials, he is more blessed than ever before. And he says brilliantly right at the end of the book, he said, I had heard rumours of you before, O Lord, but now I've seen you." In other words, the very thing that we might avoid, the very thing that we just don't want to happen, is actually the thing that might change us to have even more of a life of joy, as Peter says here, not of comfort, but of joy. And I certainly know, for me, I remember when I was growing up and and even at, at university, I really dreaded losing a parent. I just remember thinking that that would be the thing that would break me. I loved my parents so much. And I remember when my mum did suddenly, inexplicably, if you like, die just due to a mistake. Um, I remember knowing God's power and his comfort and his presence more than ever before in my life. And as the youngest in a family, who'd perhaps always been looked after, suddenly I was praying in tongues over my dad. I sort of felt that there was an inexpressible power in me that would help me. That doesn't take away the loss. It doesn't take away the natural cycle of grief that, that I went through, as many of us are at the moment. But there was a gift in it, for sure, that made me know God better. And then finally... Peter puts us towards an eternal hope. So he says you'll be held in the trial, you'll be changed by the trial if you hang on in there. But he also says they will pass. They will pass. They're they're, they're fleeting, if you like, compared to the absolute surety of heaven. Peter had seen it. He'd seen life on reveal, reverse, restore, which is, I think, a really helpful biblical premise that we see throughout scripture. He knew Jesus had said that he would die, that he would die for our sins. He knew it was prophesied, but he didn't quite get it until he met with the risen Jesus when they had the picnic breakfast on the beach. And suddenly he's there and he's Sees it, he says yes you didn't lie this is true the eternal hope we have i um love a story as a story that um just makes me smile actually of an older lady who used to go to a lunch club and she would go to the lunch club and usually they did sort of soup and bread and whatever but every now and then they would do a treat for pudding and um the reason that um well, the way that she knew that this was going to happen is if there was a, a dessert fork alongside the usual sort of spoon and so on for the, for the bread and the, and the soup. And if ever there was a sort of dessert fork, we don't really use those much anymore, but if that was there, she knew that there was a treat coming, that there was a special pudding coming. And that's her favourite, perhaps had a quite a sweet tooth like many of us. And... Um, Anyway, she would always say to the organisers, is it a day for the fork, is it a fork day? And then as she uh, grew unwell well, and as she prepared to die as a Christian woman who believed completely in this living hope that we read about here, she said, I want to be buried with the fork in my hand. And <laughs> slightly strange request, but she said, because I know, I fully know the very best is yet to come. That this is the, the first course, the shadowlands, as C.S. Lewis puts it, but the best is yet to come and uh, these holding crosses that we have have mentioned many times in different pastoral contexts I think hold real significance at the moment they're just, some of them are made from ships some of them are made from the the wood of old pews from churches but chaplains uh, across the city and particularly I know in the children's hospital give these wooden crosses to people and we've done that haven't we to hold on to so it may not be our fault But it is a cross, if you like, that just says, no, as for me, in shifting sands, in changing horizons, in the uncertainty of the virus and the economy and what's going to happen, we hold on to the fact that we are held ourselves, protected, shielded, guarded, garrisoned by the power of Jesus in our trials, changed by them. But above all else, we live for another world. We hold on for that day when we will be free of trials and we will meet Jesus face to face. Peter ends this little piece on a living hope by saying that actually even the angels long to look into these things in other words there's a mystery even within heaven of how we persevere in trials and there is a a glory ahead of us in the way that actually if we persevere if we persist and endure which we all are trying our best there is treasure mysterious treasure stored up for every single one of us those good deeds those beautiful reflections of the goldsmith in our lives are storing up treasure that nothing can touch. Let us pray. Lord we ask today for that inexpressible joy that Peter talks about in this passage, that sense of anticipation that this too will pass, Lord, in this world into the next and that you will hold us, change us and fill us with hope and joy, afresh today, confidence, God, that you who've begun a good work in us will see it through. Thank you, Lord, that you see us, that you
0: love us today and that you are changing us.